Today's episode is brought to you by Discovered Magazine. Discovered is an international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything with a punk ethos. Listeners get 10% off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER, spelled out, when you visit store.dscvrd.co. Discovered is definitely the coolest magazine around. They cover so many bands that uh, other publications just don't. And uh, I love them for it. Support Discovered. You won't regret it. Welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bohm. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. This is episode 82, and my guest this week is tattoo artist Alexis Hepburn. She is out of Australia and easily one of my top three favorite tattoo artists. I met her through Turnstile years ago, and this conversation is absolutely awesome. If you enjoy it and you want to hear a bonus episode, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. She answered questions that were submitted by subscribers, and it's a good one. Um, Also, you might be saying to yourself, damn, Jeremy sounds extra rough. It's because I'm on tour. I'm in Philadelphia right now recording this in a uh, production office uh, at Union Transfer. Um, This is coming to you on a Wednesday. So tonight we're going to be in Boston at the uh, Paradise Rock Club. We're on tour with Vane, Military Gun, and Scowl. Check the dates over at touchamore.com slash tour. We're likely coming to your town if we haven't been there already. This is one of my favorite tours of all time. Um, Can't recommend it enough. Come hang out. Um, What else? I want to give a shout out to one of my sponsors, Deathwish Inc., For 20 years, Deathwish has been the go-to label for emerging punk and hardcore. That continues today with their recent releases from scene staples and promising newcomers such as Modern Life is War, Greet Death, Chastity, Converge, Frail Body, and more. Get 10% off all Deathwish music and merch when you visit the link deathwishinc.com slash the first ever, which automatically applies the discount and filters the site for only items included. Again, that is 10% off all Deathwish releases and merch when you visit deathwishinc.com slash the first ever. They just reissued that uh, Converge Agoraphobic Nosebleed Split. It's great. So, so great. All right, that's it for me. Here's my conversation with Alexis Hepburn. Alexis, it's so nice to see you. How are you today? I'm really good, thank you. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good. I'm, you know, it's funny. You are so in the future. You're my first guest who's in Australia, so uh, you're in you're in Monday time ahead. right now. Yeah. yeah. What's it like over there? What's Monday <laughs> yeah, like? You know, Monday's all right. It's rainy and it's windy. Yeah, oh, it's okay. Valentine's you- Day here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, happy Valentine's Day to you too. <laughs> <laughs> um do you know who won the super bowl because it's happening here right now and uh you know we don't know yet no. i wish i did maybe i could have made a bet <laughs> yeah exactly um 
Uh, but are you in, um, I always forget, are you in Melbourne right now or where are you No, at? I'm in Queensland. So I live on the Gold Coast. I grew up in Melbourne. Um, okay. but yeah, I live on the Gold Coast. Up okay. North. You've been there. You've been there for a while, right? Yeah. About eight years now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty significant. Um, yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, I mean, how's, how's everything treating you? Like what's the, I mean, I it's so boring to always just want to talk about quarantine COVID <laughs> stuff or whatever, but yeah. like Australia is its own, it's got its own thing going on this whole time. Yeah. It's like, like to the point where like, I haven't been able to like, there's people who I uh, have to mail records to and we mm -hmm. can't mail anything to Australia. Oh, yeah, and yet, USPS so. has blocked them. Yeah. We're in like yeah. a little terrarium right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, things have been pretty weird. I guess we're a little bit behind with the rest of the world with that stuff. Like, um, we only just opened up state borders about a month or so ago. So before that, a lot of the states had closed their borders. So I couldn't I even didn't know drive. That. Yeah, I couldn't even drive half an hour south to go across to Byron Bay in New South Wales or anything. Yeah. Wow. Um, but they opened up state borders just before Christmas, and before that, Queensland was barely getting, I don't know, 20 cases a month. And now we're getting 8,000 a day. So oh, it's been a big wow. jump because, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Has, has there, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you've, you've been good. Has anyone uh, you, yeah, you I, been too affected I, by anything? Luckily, I still haven't got it yet. I probably should have because if you or close contact with someone with COVID, you've got to isolate for seven days here. So I've done that twice already and yeah. each time expected to get it and I still haven't got it. So I've been very, very fortunate. Have you been traveling at all doing, oh no, you, I mean, obviously not because you're, you're the, the yeah. borders have been closed. Is this, is this for you like the longest time you've gone without like tattooing in other places? Yeah, it's been the longest since I probably started traveling and working like it's definitely been the longest I've been in one spot which has been nice it's been nice to have like a routine and like the Gold Coast definitely isn't a bad place to be stuck I mean we got pretty steady weather nice beaches you got rainforest and mountains and stuff um but yeah I do I do miss a lot of my friends in like a lot of different cities and countries and stuff I haven't been able to catch up with them as regularly which has been a little strange for me I'm itching to leave but um, yeah, they only just opened international borders like last week here. But even then, it still feels risky because we haven't been able to travel in so long, and everything's been changing so quickly. Yeah. So it's yeah, it still feels a little touch and go with a lot of that stuff. Sure. I was just. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just looked at your uh, at your Instagram before this thing started, and I saw where you were like swimming in the in the water yesterday. That looked yeah. like the most beautiful, most yeah. most incredible place in the entire world. How close was that to where you are? Like, is that about like forty five minute drive? Yeah, oh, it's not man. not far at all. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, there's there's lots of really beautiful like freshwater swimming spots in the hinterland here, like that. Very very lucky to be where I am in the world. Are you yeah. still able to like pretty regularly find new places like that to go swimming and stuff? I had never been to that know? spot before. Okay. I had never wow. been to that spot before. That was my first time yesterday. One of my friends suggested it. And then half an hour later, we were on the road and we went out there. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. yeah, it was nice. It was a little bit yeah. like, that one was a little bit harder to find, but it was nice 
to go somewhere on a Sunday on the Gold Coast and there was no one there as well. Sure. But it was definitely like a hard climb down there. Like it wasn't a path or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but that, it was nice. Uh, it, the, your stories went from like you obviously you were all looking down into the water and I'm like <laughs> yeah. I wonder how you get down there and then the next clip was you in the water I'm like well I guess they figured it yeah. out but just climb geez. down at a really steep narrow incline <laughs> yeah oh. yeah uh well it looks fun I mean I'm glad you're I'm glad you're able to still do a lot of the things that you do enjoy doing you've always been a very yeah, outdoorsy so person and everything so yeah. um have you did you pick up any new like hobbies or anything these last couple these last bunch of months see I always try and pick up new hobbies and then it will last like a month and then I'll shift my focus to something else and lose interest but I mean I'm always painting and cooking and everything I started trying to make a vegetable garden which kind of worked but also I didn't really have the time to invest in it properly and it's really overgrown and <laughs> not very well <laughs> kept at the moment. <laughs> I've really Fair neglected enough. it. But we've been having like tropical rain here, so everything's very overgrown and very lush. But okay. just a bit of a mess. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, here the the weather's been so crazy and sporadic. Like today, the last like three or four days, it's been super hot. And then I just mm-hmm. saw that on Tuesday it's supposed to be pouring rain, like 20 degrees. Yep colder she's like all right well i guess that's california it's global warming <laughs> yeah Woo, the coolest <laughs> um well yeah i mean the show's all about first experiences and stuff so i figured mm-hmm. i would uh i would start with um when you were young do you remember the first time that you felt like you connected with art in any sort of capacity um yes well i mean i i always had strong encouragement from a very young age to draw and create because both my grandparents on my mother's side were both um professional artists and they both did like abstract oil paintings and for as far back as I can remember most weekends we'd be going to like art galleries and art shows and my grandparents would often have little art shows in like South Yarra and Turak in Melbourne and I'd just be hanging around the cheese table <laughs> eating <laughs> crackers and olives yeah. but um my father and my mother often painted as well or just leisurely but I always remember watching like my mom decorate everything in the house by just painting little flowers on them and stuff and then I would try and copy her and draw little flowers and stuff as well um, I still have like sketchbooks from when I was five years old. I don't even remember drawing any of them, but just of really terrible drawings. But my dad <laughs> used to um, caption them all and like write funny little stories underneath them, which is really funny reading back now because they were often quite uh, quite dark <laughs> and stuff and he would – I don't think I really understood it as a five-year-old, but it's funny to look back on them now. Yeah, yeah sure. I just, I just always kind of had that around. I don't really have a particular one-off moment that I remember, but always had the creative energy around me growing up. For sure. And was it a thing that like you just found you, from what you remember, like if you were in class or something like that, were you kind of distracted drawing all the time or did oh, you take yeah. drawing? Did you, were you in art classes pretty young? <laughs> 
Um, well, like I did art classes in school and stuff, but nothing extracurricular. But all my other classes, I was often getting in trouble for scribbling on my workbooks and drawing little eyes on everything and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was always gravitated more towards that than the actual <laughs> what was going on in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So when you started like uh, maybe trying to take it a little more seriously, were you, um, did you try all the different types of mediums? Were you like, you mentioned your grandparents did like oil paintings. Like, did you mm-hmm. ever try anything like that? Because I mean, some um, seem so much more difficult than others, even just to get the ability to make something work. Yeah, definitely. I never tried oil painting. That always just seemed a little far out of my realm. I mean, when I was in high school, I would often just draw with a biro because that's just what I was working with because I was supposed to be doing schoolwork. So I yeah. have lots of sketchbooks of things with biro and just gray lead pencil. Um, it probably wasn't until I was maybe 15 or 16 and I was like going to a lot of hardcore shows and stuff and I'd see people with tattoos that I started trying to narrow my style into that world and trying to draw traditional tattoo flash and stuff. So around then I started focusing more on that and using watercolours and Copic markers and stuff and trying to find what medium would work best to replicate that style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, how, you know, I can only compare to like where, you know, the US and everything like that, like, with punk and hardcore having such a close correlation to especially that kind of culture mm. uh is it was it pretty similar there too where like a good not even well at least there was always going to be like the people that tattoo at the hardcore show like yeah involved yeah. in that community <laughs> yeah um yeah, so you definitely. so you knew some people pretty early on that like maybe were they like showing you the like how to do stuff or or how did that kind of kind of start to um, form? i i kind of more observed i didn't I didn't feel comfortable asking everyone for their secrets because I knew they were quite well guarded. Um, but I just kind of watch and like lurk them on the internet on like WordPress and, oh, <laughs> and that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and then just, yeah, try my best to try and replicate that style, but without totally just copying anyone else's work. Cause I knew that that wasn't the right way to go about it. Even at sure. that age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've only ever, I think I've only had one other tattoo artist on the show. And I remember uh, talking with him a little bit about like, you know, how lucky maybe the kids of the last, you know, well, since the Instagram age really have it because like, there's just so much to reference and there's so much to like, Mm -hmm. look at and everything like that. But I'm assuming this is like post tattoo magazines but probably like there's a lot of good like you mentioned like blogs like blogs and stuff like that yeah yeah blogs and like tumblr came in like I I remember I had a blog spot and then I had a wordpress and then I had a tumblr and that was like kind of the before I started tattooing but I was still trying to draw tattoo stuff um and I yeah I remember having like I don't know if you guys had tattoo candy over there I think that that was an Australian thing oh I've never Um, heard of that yeah, I remember going to the news agents and like flipping through the tattoo magazines and stuff, but I couldn't afford them. So <laughs> I never bought yeah. them. I'd just go in and, and look at them and then I'd go home and like try and remember what I'd seen. 
for sure. And yeah. I'm assuming a lot of I, I, this is me just guessing, but where a lot of those magazines probably like all different styles of tattoos anyway. Oh whereas, yeah, yeah. There's so. heaps of like tribe, like modern tribal, and like sparkly dolphins and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all quite what I was interested in with tattoos, but you know, I still tried to absorb as much information around it as I could. Were you starting, so with, when you had those blog spots and things like that, were you drawing stuff and also kind of sharing stuff with your friends or was it you, for you to like, kind of get, I just search for ideas? I was definitely sharing it. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't super proud of what I was doing just yet. Cause I knew it was very amateur, but I, I felt like it was good to get feedback from my friends and I was putting some of it online as well. Um, I would often, <laughs> a lot of my friends would often joke about me sitting in the corner of the hardcore show drawing in between <laughs> bands and stuff like I'd bring my folio I don't know why I brought my folio with me everywhere and was just drawing all the time I'd be at Starbucks drawing Aww. and yeah that's awesome though <laughs> it's funny to think about now because I couldn't imagine doing that now <laughs> yeah were you did you ever like make uh like band shirts and stuff like that for like bands that you were maybe friends with like early yeah. on so that's kind of how I started like building up um, a bit of a following around my work because I was doing, I was doing like commission paintings and I was also doing like, yeah, band shirts and demo covers for local bands and like tour flyers and stuff. Um, and that kind of helped me kind of take it to the next level, I guess, and also just get used to drawing for other people's requests and not just from my own head as well yeah I can imagine um we're, is that something that even like today uh you like are comfortable with like because obviously you have your own like I, I imagine at this point if someone comes to get a tattoo from you they know what you know yeah like they have what, an idea of what my vibe an is and what what's within my realm and what isn't yeah usually <laughs> yeah is, yeah. It, is there <laughs> Do you ever so do you these days ever get someone who kind of throws you a curveball once they show up and they like ask for something very not your Oh yeah, definitely. It still happens and and I panic. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it definitely like I I'm notoriously late as well and I work best under pressure. So I I've always been one of those people who'll do my homework last minute and turn it in. So it's the same yeah. with my tattooing. Uh always draw on the day unless it's a back piece even then I know I should start earlier and I don't but I'll often draw things like half an hour 15 minutes before the client rocks up and then sometimes they'll rock up and have changed their mind <laughs> and oh, then see, that's, yeah that's rough yeah and then if it's out of my comfort zone it definitely takes me a little bit to kind of wrap my head around yeah um, but yeah I, I generally say I'm pretty lucky a lot of my clients know what to expect or they want something similar to something I've already drawn or know what's within my realm or what I'm interested in. Right. So it's, it's not, it's not too bad. Well, you're very, I mean, I, I, you have such a specific style to you that, uh, you know, that's like gotta be such a, such a gift and such a like lucky thing to have to where. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. You no, know, like it's like, if people are coming to you, it's like, they want something that feels very you, you know? So mm -hmm. I would like to hope that those situations happen less and less these days, at least. Yeah, 
Definitely, definitely. And I think as well, now that I have the help of um, our shop manager, Bodhi does my emails for me and he kind of helps narrow out all of those extraneous possibilities of last minute changes and stuff because he's a lot more onto it than I ever was of checking with people a week before or a couple of days before being like, yep, you're still all good and are we yeah. still keen for this design? Yeah, it definitely That's helps good. filter oh, that bet. all out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i need that help yeah for sure uh well let me ask you this what was uh what was the first what was the first tattoo that you ever got oh that i ever got well technically not the first professional tattoo that i ever got sure um i often forget about this one because i can't see it anymore um one of my best friends when i was like 16 was dating this dude and he had bought a machine and a bunch of supplies and stuff off eBay and he would give everyone a home job tattoos at night and everyone else was getting them and <laughs> I decided that I would too and I wanted to get um, Hunky Dory written across my toes because that was the first album that I ever had on CD, like the David Bowie one. Yeah. And because Dory is only four letters long, I was like, oh, we'll just put like a smiley face on the end. <laughs> um, so he started with the smiley face on my little toe. Um, <laughs> it wasn't very good. <laughs> and then he went to do a line for the D on my big toe and yeah. it, the machine kind of bogged out and he didn't really know what he was doing. Um, so, <laughs> so I just kind of had this like line on my big toe and this really faint smiley face on my little toe. Um, and we never finished the tattoo. <laughs> so that was technically my first tattoo. Uh, I never told my parents about that one. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't see it anymore. It's covered up now. <laughs> Sure. But was I, the was the smiley face to have a circle around it, or was it just the eyes? No, and the mouth? it was just the eyes and the mouth. But one of the eyes was a lot more prominent than the other ones, so that it just kind of <laughs> ended up being a dot and a line. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first tattoo that I forget about a lot. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! So, how long? How, I mean, were you? I'm assuming you were probably. Well, also, this is maybe a dumb question, but forgive me. I'm from the U.S. What is mm. the? Is it 18 in Australia? Yeah, to it's get 18. It yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming you were probably under 18 for that tattoo. Yeah. I think I was about 16. Yeah. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Maybe even 15. Who knows? (laughs) So what about your first, like going to a shop now I'm going to get a tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. mm, My first professional tattoo. Um, it's also not there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was on my stomach. One of my friends was getting tattooed regularly by this guy in Melbourne and he would, tattoo her after hours because they were kind of friends and stuff and I I was like a leech at that point I just wanted to know everything about tattoos and watch and stuff so I'd go with my friends sometimes to get tattooed and I was just sitting there while she was getting tattooed and I was like oh I really like that design on the wall that's cool and the guy was like oh you know I haven't I haven't tattooed that one yet if you want to get it I was like oh oh okay he's like I can do it now after this one if you want I was like, oh, I hadn't really thought about it, but okay. (laughs) And just decided on the spot. 
and I put it on my stomach and he tried to talk me out of it because stomachs oh, are wow. quite a painful yeah. spot to get tattooed, especially if it's your first tattoo. And now yeah. I think about it now, it's also a pretty annoying spot to tattoo. So he probably <laughs> didn't really want to do a spontaneous tattoo on the stomach, but I was yeah. adamant that I wanted it there. And it was, uh, it was just a little heart-shaped locket with a skull in the middle and um, flowers on the outside. It's pretty emo. Okay. Um, yeah. How big yeah. is it? <laughs> it was oh, maybe palm size-ish. It wasn't too big. Okay. But I ended up getting it lasered and covered up. <laughs> yeah. wow, so you so just, it's not so there you, anymore either. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even just not even just tattooed over, but you got it lasered off. Have you done a lot yeah. of the lasering? Oh, no. See, I had... Uh, I had a, another large tattoo on my stomach that I had I had both of them lasered and that session was really really brutal and a lot a lot worse than I anticipated it to be so I got one session and then was like oh never again I'm just blasting over it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's like it's a lot more pain. It's a lot quicker but it's a lot more painful than getting tattooed. Have sure, you ever had yeah. laser? I haven't but my uh my girlfriend uh she mm. she's been trying to cover most of her arm just to get it redone and Mm -hmm. like just like the front uh like just like the wrist and above the wrist area like the first like kind of this portion of the arm and it's Mm. it's like three or four sessions and it's like yeah you know it's just faded basically but yeah she says it's not fun it's brutal yeah and especially like sometimes you even see people like it almost looks like a like a real bad burn where you get like full blisters on it and stuff it depends how they turn up the machine sure yeah yeah that stuff's Uh, painful (laughs) yeah it's definitely a joke i feel like your situation though is pretty you know aside from like where it was and and what it was and everything like that but like that's kind of the best case scenario for getting your first like professionally professional done tattoo (laughs) where like you don't have time to second guess or like yeah it's yeah. just kind of, you know it's like if you never really wanted to skydive and then someone walks up and says we're going right now here is a shoot <laughs> yeah exactly like, okay, no time to it, overthink it yeah because yeah. Yeah. i i had been 18 for about six months then and obviously i've been interested in in the art for a long time and i think i had been overthinking it for so long being like oh what how am i going to start what kind of style like am i going to do color or black and gray whereas at that point it was just like oh yeah okay I mean I may as well start now (laughs) and then it snowballed from there (laughs) I was about to ask did you get the bug where you all of a sudden were like well now I gotta start getting more yeah yeah I was getting tattooed well as much as I could afford (laughs) but yeah I was getting tattooed quite regularly after that today's episode is brought to you by anchorfish printing hey are you thinking about starting up that band label or distro or maybe you already have one and you need some merch. Anchorfish Printing has been taking care of bands for over 15 years. I can speak from personal experience. When Touche Amore started, Michael at Anchorfish was our guy for shirts, hoodies, patches, back patches, anything uh, that you know you could put ink on material for, he can take care of. Check out their uh, Instagram over at anchorfish underscore printing right now and mention the first ever podcast and receive 10% off your order. Hit them up for shirts, hats, stickers, anything you can really think of and be on your way. So did you, when you started wanting to do it yourself, like did you apprentice or how did that come? Yeah. How did that actually start? 
I had a very strange entry into the industry. Um, I had a, I had quite a few friends at, at that point that were professional tattooists and I knew I wanted to do it the right way. I didn't want to like tattoo from home and do a bunch of bad tattoos before trying to get into a shop. Um, I knew I wanted to as soon as I finished school as well. A lot of my teachers were quite disappointed that I didn't want to go to uni. Um, <laughs> but so pretty much once I finished high school, I got a folio together and I went around to every shop in the city. Um, not straightforward asking for an apprenticeship, but um, I would go into a shop and I'd be like, hi, I was just wondering if there's anyone here who would have time um, to look at my folio. Um, I'm hoping that one day I can learn how to tattoo and any like advice would be appreciated if you could point me in the right direction. Um, most people received that pretty well. I was very lucky um, and I did get a lot of good advice. So after going around to every shop, I would kind of, I went home and then I'd try and work on the things that they would advised me to do like trying different styles trying more script um but then I I decided at that point that I was going to just try and work and get some savings behind me before I started tattooing because I knew I wouldn't be making much money if I got an apprenticeship um but then I kind of got thrown in the deep end one day and started a lot sooner than I anticipated oh wow Um, one of my friends who I met through going to shows and stuff, she worked out in Ballarat, which is in rural Victoria. Um, She worked on counter there for this old bloke. His name's Jed Hill. And he's been tattooing out there. It'd be like 45 years now, long time, maybe even longer. Um, And he would always like be really encouraging about my drawing and like give me tips and tricks and point me in the right direction. Um, And one day I went down there to go and get a tattoo from him and to catch up with him. I hadn't seen him in a little while. Um, And I went down there and he sat me down. We had a cup of coffee and then he was like, all right, Alexis, well, you're not going to get a tattoo today. You're going to do your first one. And I was just like, "Um, pardon? (laughs) He's like, no. You've been fucking around for too long. I've been waiting for you to tattoo since you were 16. You're bloody doing it. And um. I had a, <laughs> I panicked a lot. Um, I just had my first coffee in like eight months. I was super shaky. I had these really long nails that were very impractical. And I was like, I don't even know anyone that I would tattoo out here. And <laughs> he decided that I was going to, tattoo the counter dude who I had only just met 10 minutes prior um I don't think he told him that it was my first tattoo um and yeah it was it was it all happened really fast he just kind of like sat me down and he was like all right Alexis now watch this and he did like a little freehand flower on his leg shaded it with the liner and then goes okay um now it's your turn um, I'm going to be sitting over there. Just call me when you're done. And he had made a stencil out of my folio and it was, it was this really ugly fish that I'd drawn. It was my least favorite thing in my folio. Um, and yeah, he didn't really give me too much guidance 
He was like, you'll be fine. It's just like painting. I had no idea what I was doing and I kept apologizing to the guy. And then I think at that point he kind of cottoned on to (laughs) what was happening. Um, And it took me about three hours to do this tattoo. And I mean, it wasn't the worst, but it definitely wasn't the best. It it would have taken a long time to heal. I probably chewed it up so bad. Sure. Um, and once I finished the tattoo, Jed came over. He's like, all right, great. So um, I've cleared up that station for you. That's yours now. I'll get you a key cut this week. Um, I'll take you down to see Brett Stewart to get all your supplies. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you started. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Um, I still need to give – I still have two jobs. I need to give them notice. <laughs> can, can I have, like, a little bit of time to quit my job? And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I went in there every day that I had spare up until that point. Um, but then I, long story short, got fired after a month because he didn't feel, I don't know. I I never really got a proper explanation. I rocked up one day and all my shit was piled up in a crate on the desk. So it wasn't really that the start that I had hoped for. And I think at that point, I thought that I would never tattoo again because he was such like a don in the industry and so well established and I had been fired from there. So I thought that no one else would ever take a chance on me to teach me how to tattoo. Um, but, um, wow. after that, yeah, (laughs) I was very upset and I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't think I would tattoo again. And one of my friends at the time came and picked me up one day and she was like, all right, grab your folio. We're finding you a new spot. I went around to every single shop in the city again with no luck. Um, and then there was this new shop on the west side of town. Um, and it, it, it was a little bit dodgy. Um, the, the guy that owned it, he wasn't a tattooer um, and I don't think any of the artists that worked there were very professional at, at the time um, and they gave me a job and at the time I it wasn't really what I was hoping for or what I expected to kind of happen but I just felt like it was a foot in the door it wasn't ideal but it didn't have to be forever it was somewhere to learn and practice get better and get better yeah of course yeah so I worked there for about a year and I didn't I didn't really have a proper apprenticeship because I didn't really have a mentor at that time it was just kind of trial and error which isn't really ideal with tattooing but luckily I um had the support of my friends and like I knew I had a quite a few friends that were professional artists as well that were very helpful for me well um, what you probably so also lucky. had yeah what you probably also had that I uh that I'm just gonna assume is if you're in the hardcore scene and you're young 
there's a lot of people yeah. who are like, yo, I want a tattoo. Yeah. And you could just yeah. keep working you can just on your friends. You can have my thighs. Just practice on me. You can do what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> yeah. We very all have very those... fortunate for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that definitely comes with being young and in a punk scene where kids are just yeah. like, that's fine. Yeah. Just give me whatever. It's, I'm just stoked yeah. to I just want to get yeah. tatted up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Something I, find so right. something I find interesting is, you know, you, you were saying earlier how much like you know, you work well under pressure and all of that. Uh, it's funny just to hear that considering it seems like when you started tattooing, it was like the most, you know, out of the Oh pot, yeah, straight in the, the deep fire. end. Yeah, directly <laughs> yeah. into the deep end. Like, yeah. and also, I mean, like, I would be freaked out and I'm sure like just you don't know how, how hard you're supposed to like push into the skin, like all of those sorts of things when oh, you're doing it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had no idea how often you needed to dip the needle in the ink or, yeah, how much pressure to use. I didn't understand that sometimes people hang the needle out a little bit longer and work off the tip or sometimes people hang it out just a little bit and then go by it. Yeah, there was so much I didn't know. Right. (laughs) I think sometimes I I do wish that I had a different experience learning how to tattoo because I have quite a lot of friends that had proper apprenticeships and, you know, they were walked through everything and taught everything and even just like having the the fundamental knowledge of how a shop works before picking up a machine would have been great because I remember there were times where like a walk-in would come in they'd be like oh how much for a blue smurf on my thigh and I'd be (laughs) like I I don't know how much tattoos cost (laughs) it was it was it was really not ideal (laughs) I didn't know how anything worked. Right. Um, so I was kind of learning everything at once. But hey, you know, it worked out. Uh, I'm here yeah. now. <laughs> and how, actually, I don't know if I know this. How many years have you been tattooing at this point? Um, A little over eight years. This will be year will be um nine years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's wildly impressive how obviously how far you've come from, from in just eight years. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've done a lot. I, I I do feel like I've achieved a lot. I feel like there's a lot more that I'd like to achieve, but yeah, um, not what, in a bad spot. Yeah, when was um? Since I know you do travel so much, when was the first time that you like traveled to tattoo for the first time? Um, the first time I traveled to tattoo was when I was living in Melbourne, and it was while I was still working in that shop on the west side um and I came up to Queensland to the Gold Coast and did a very short guest spot at my boyfriend's shop in Surfers Paradise um and I at that point I had been going back and forth we were doing long distance for a while so I'd been going back and forth between Melbourne and Gold Coast so I had some friends up there but surprisingly I also tattooed people that I didn't know up there which was really strange to me I didn't understand how people had found my stuff um and I think that happened every time I traveled since and I would just be really blown away by the fact that people that I didn't know or I think the most um it was like my clientele shifted from I'd ask people what they're into and they were always from the hardcore scene. And I just remember there was a point where I would ask the clients what kind of music they listened to and it wouldn't be hardcore or 
right. when it shifted, yeah, away from that, I found that really alarming and I didn't understand <laughs> how alarming. I had reached past that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really strange. Um, you know, it's that is, you know, I've always, especially when I talk to someone who, you know, is in a, you know, doesn't play in a band or something like that, like yeah. I always look for parallels in a, in the things that we both do. And I kind of feel like the tattoo version of like going on your first tour and having someone in the audience sing along <laughs> is, is, is going somewhere you've never been and having someone who like you don't personally know. Yeah, appointment with yeah you, absolutely. You know? Where you're absolutely. just like, holy shit, how did this happen? How do you know about what yeah. I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's such a strange feeling. It was um, it was good though. Sometimes I tattoo people now and, and I ask them what kind of music they like and they don't even listen to music at all. <laughs> those that... <laughs> lunatics, those psychopaths. Yeah, yeah I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I've always said stay away from anyone who says that. Anyone's like, I don't really listen to music. I'm like, you, I, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing here. There's nothing yeah. here. How? <laughs> How is that possible? Um, yeah. So what about, uh, what about overseas? When was the first time you like traveled overseas to tattoo? Um, the first time I went overseas, um, I, I went to LA and the first time I tattooed, it was just a trade. I did a trade with my friend Drake who I'd met off the internet and I did a little tattoo of a skull on his ankle and with neurosis lyrics. Nice. And his dog sat there and watched the whole time. <laughs> it was really nice. Sounds ideal. It was scary. And I had <laughs> I had just broken my hand like a month ago as well, and I hadn't tattooed in about a month. <laughs> um, so it, not only was it scary being in a new environment and a new city and stuff, but um, also my hand was still kind of broken and I yeah, hadn't tattooed in a while and I used a disposable tip, which is a lot lighter than what I was used to. I was used to using steel tips. So it was, it was, <laughs> it was a very scary experience, but that'll, that'll teach me for getting too close to the mosh pit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> As <Yeah>. an adult. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, when you do travel, like, have you found, or actually, let me ask you this. Has there been places that you haven't gone to, to tattoo yet? Like, have you been to like, uh, like Asia at all to tattoo or? Um, or I did a convention in Nepal once. Okay. And that was amazing. Yeah. That was a really cool experience. Um, very, very different scene over there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was a really wild experience. Cause I remember going to this tattoo convention and I guess the health and safety standards quite aren't <laughs> the same as Australia. And I remember getting to my booth and usually a convention will provide kind of like a table and some chairs and stuff. And sometimes, not often, you'll often have to pay to like hire a massage table or something, but they didn't have that service. So they just had these... <laughs> It was like this old deteriorating wooden tabletop on like this rusty metal frame that like wasn't even attached properly. But then they just put a black piece of um, black silk on top to kind of cover it up. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't see it. But yeah, it wasn't very practical <laughs> to tattoo <laughs> on. 
<laughs> sure. How long were you there? Um, the first time I went, I was there for about a month. So the, the convention wow. was only a weekend. It was only three days long. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it was in like a tent outside. And at one point I thought it was going to collapse with everyone inside because there was real big like gale force winds and it was storming and you could see all the water collecting in the roof of the tent. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very different convention experience than I was used to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I only tattooed for that one weekend and then spent the rest of the time traveling around and doing touristy things and went sure. hiking and yoga retreats and stuff. Oh, that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. It was really cool to experience that. And it, I guess like I probably wouldn't have if I wasn't, tattooing over there I might not have traveled there at that time and I think the opportunity to work that convention really opened my eyes to that possibility yeah yeah I bet um is it uh, you know being friends with uh a few artists at this point um and a lot of them in different from different countries uh I always hear how difficult it is to you know, travel abroad to tattoo mm. and like all the stuff that goes into that. Has that at all gotten easier over time or is that still no. always just so, it's, it's <laughs> it against, gets harder. It gets similar, harder every time. Yeah, again, kind of similar yeah. to band stuff where well, you you decide like, well, do I have am I lying today or am I yeah <laughs> like yeah. yeah, it's harder to do legally. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, even traveling interstate here, um, they have licensing laws in Queensland and New South Wales, but they're different licensing. So if I wanted to go to Sydney to tattoo, I would need to get a whole different license and jump through a whole bunch of hoops and pay a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't realize. Yeah. But like, I don't know, cities like Melbourne and stuff, Victoria doesn't have any licensing laws. So I go down there quite regularly. It's a lot easier to go down there. But yeah, tattooing internationally logistically it's tricky right right yeah um and I know you you know you still obviously do so many paintings uh when you're not actually tattooing like how do Mm -hmm. you how do you divide up your time like that these days like do you have days set aside where you're like I'd like to just paint these days or I have no system no No it it comes and goes in waves uh I'm not a very good person at sticking to a routine or any kind of structure (laughs) so I (laughs) As much as I can try to kind of do that kind of thing, I just kind of paint when I have the inspiration. Um, Sometimes it'll come from like a song or something or I'll feel emotional and I need to like vent it out on paper and that's the easiest way to do it. But it'll usually like I'll go for like a month or something where I'll finish work and I'll just really want to paint and I'll just want to go home, eat and then spend the rest of the night painting and then – I get to a point where I kind of burn out from doing that. And then all I want to do is sit on the couch and do nothing yeah. <laughs> when I get home. Yeah. For sure. Um, like how much do you feel like music is an influence on you these days when it comes to, to, to your work? Like, is it a pretty, pretty consistent oh, it, It's influence? always been a very prominent yeah. influence on me, especially like, I mean, it's different when I'm drawing a design for a client or something, but if I'm drawing leisurely, like doing a painting for my own leisure, I'd say 90% of the time I'm doing it because I've been inspired by a certain song or something, or I really like this song and I'll draw kind of like a visual interpretation 
of the lyrics or something or the vibe of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was. And, and I, my my work's always kind of been that way as well. I remember when I got uh when I when I got that one print from you and you were so nice and threw in the uh the you fail me inspired stuff yeah. we converged. I was like, that's yeah. that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, thing is, I, sometimes I think people will get the reference, like if I have lyrics on the paintings, but sometimes I think people just enjoy the art and they have no idea that it's related to a song or anything, which is fine too. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been listening to lately? Has there, has there been like any shifts at all? Um, always just the same shit, really. <laughs> been listening to a lot of Nick Cave this week. Okay. I've uh, been making a lot of playlists and stuff or like I've been making collaborative playlists with some of my friends which has been nice have that outside influence where I know that someone has quite similar taste in music to me they might put something on there that I would really like but I've just never listened to or like heard of which has been nice um, I feel like that's a that's a good trust you have with your friends you know it's like yeah you, you always have the friend who just wants to you know uh, be funny and put on the thong song just to, just to... <laughs> yeah. yeah totally I'm waiting for that I'm waiting yeah. for that oh <laughs> uh, well yeah. I mean shoot I could I could hit you with the last question I guess which is uh when was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing that you've been working so hard towards oh well it was probably um yeah, when I when I started tattooing or when I felt finally felt established in tattooing when I realized I had like a clientele base and I had been working for so many years drawing in Starbucks and in the corner of shows and stuff trying to build up a folio to start tattooing. Um I don't remember a, a, a distinct moment but I definitely feel very lucky to be able to make ends meet with a job that I don't feel like it's work and I get to be creative every day. I get to talk to really amazing people every day and help them discover their own body and like feel more comfortable in their own body with like ornaments and things it's a it's a pretty wild feeling and I get that a lot but yeah definitely when I started tattooing are you able to are you the kind of person that's able to recognize when you've done something well or is that a hard thing for you yes. to accept yeah no definitely and I, I can definitely recognize when I've done something badly as well and I'll kick myself over it for a long time yeah well good I mean I'm glad you're able to tell when you've done something good though because I feel like that's that's such a helpful part of like development you know like once you Mm -hmm. you you feel more you're getting more confident in your style and 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 everything as opposed to like maybe just continuing to not feel like maybe you're doing well you know what I'm saying like Mm. like I I feel like you have to be able to accept you've done something good in order to even get better as opposed to just thinking everything is bad you know yeah absolutely absolutely I think I, I definitely had a moment recently where I've been working on like a lot of larger scale pieces. And I think because I've been stuck on the coast for so long, I've I've kind of had the opportunity where people have found it a little bit easier to book in with me to work on larger ongoing work and like doing more back pieces and like sleeves and legs and stuff. And there's definitely been like a few moments recently 
where I felt really accomplished as an artist from that because I, I guess when I've always been on the go I've always just kind of done one-off pieces which is really nice but seeing like a larger body of work like that and working with the one person for so long and having that trust from them to decorate such large areas of their body has felt pretty special yeah yeah um, I, I mean, the, the, the flowers that you gave me on my ditch or in my, <laughs> in my, in my dining room, it's still, them. it's still, honestly, it's like one of my favorite, it's absolutely one of oh, my favorite tattoos. I'm so glad you love it. And that was, it was, it was so, a good time. It was so funny too. Cause I think it was just like, maybe a couple days later I was at a show and justice was there. And I think you, you tattooed flowers on his arm. Yeah. On his elbow. Yeah. Him, on his elbow. <laughs> and he came up to me. He's like, he's like, yo, I saw your, el-. he's like, I saw, I saw what she did for you. And I was like, man, if Jeremy's giving flowers, I'll get flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so amazing. Happy. I'm, I'm just oh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to that. break through the, the masculinity that is justice trip. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they healed up. Okay. I hate tattooing elbows. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I remember seeing it just right there. It looked great. great. Um, awesome. Well, this is this is awesome, and I uh, I, I really hope you can make it over here sometime sooner than later. Oh, um, me not too. Not even just to hang out, but uh, but yeah. I've been or, dying I, to come back. Yeah, if it, I mean, I'll, I'm gonna keep a keep an eye out on uh, you know, when we're allowed to come over there and when you're allowed to come mm. over here, because it would be. I mean, I'm so sad. I mean, this is the longest we've gone since with uh from touring Australia for i bet you know, yeah well next time last... you're out here I'll, I'll take you to a waterfall or something it'd be so awesome it would be yeah. so so awesome i hate that i mean every time we're there it seems to be like you play a show then you fly to the next city the mm. next day and all that but if there's ever a time to like go back i would absolutely absolutely love yes. to um definitely yeah, last time was with turnover which was like i think like 2017 or something yeah like was that that long ago yeah or 20 oh my god Terrifying. time is going way too fast tell me about it tell me about yeah. it yeah uh well again thank you for your time this is a blast i, I love hanging out with you oh, and i got I, so i need to just i won't i don't care if people hear this uh because it's really funny um so i don't know what you're sitting next to but i'm just so just look at your screen right now <laughs> just just look hold on just no, don't move no no no, no don't move it you moved it okay well what i was gonna say okay it's a gigantic so for people at home there's a gigantic uh baby yoda that she's sitting next to but let me tell you it's, it still works now if you look at the just the ear that's in frame it mm-hmm. looks to me like someone bending over and their shirt is up and that's like an ass crack oh my god it does <laughs> that's all i've been staring at this whole time i'm like what could that possibly be i'm so be? sorry that must have been so distracting <laughs> it's just been well it's been quietly making me laugh so all right i had I to share that. that with everybody yeah all right take care <laughs> thank you jeremy And that is our show. Thank you so much to Alexis for coming on. And thank you for listening. Reminder, there's a bonus episode. Hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon to hear that. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, please do that. Rating and review always helps. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.